The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Praise God. Man, good morning, everybody. How are we doing, Faith Hill? Awesome. You may be seated. Let's get into the Word of God this morning. And boy, I am just, every time Pastor Tafara begins to teach, I just get so stirred up. I'm like, keep going. It's just great. And you know, what an exciting time to be alive, you know, in the body of Christ. And uh, Pastor Chipo, you, you're both just such a blessing to Heather and I. I sincerely mean this. We, we look forward to building a long-term friendship with you over the years to come. God is so good. Praise God. Isn't this church awesome? Don't you love being here? Praise God. Let's jump into the Word of God this morning. I'm going to talk to us today about God wants you to increase. Now, I'm going to hit it hard because the Word of God says so. And a lot of people go, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Well, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to ask what the Word of God says. Amen? And so as we jump into this, I I want you to recognize a few things. And that means we're going to talk about uh, increase in every area of your life. Increase is important. But this morning, we're going to focus on money. We're going to focus on loot. We're going to focus on treasure. We're going to focus on the silver and the gold and the return of a harvest. And a lot of people, my wife Heather coined this phrase to me, and she said, uh, you know, I don't want a harvest. I was like, what? Don't say that. We want a harvest. And she said, no, I want a biblical return. A biblical return. Harvest is good, but a biblical return is awesome. It's God's best. And the Lord gave me a vision one day a few years ago. And he began to speak to me that there's a lot happening in the world that the church has laid down their authority in the areas of giving, receiving, and true economy with God. And it's, it's actually a tragedy because the body of Christ has been taught by a bunch of religion that we're not supposed to increase. And when people hear that, they, or when you start hearing increase, or you've heard it from the wrong lens, it can become a carnal thing. And then people who are filled with self-centeredness and all that, they run down a road and it's not godly. Now, there's a difference between mammon and blessing, okay? The love of money. I always hear Ashley say that, that love of money. <laughs> but the love of money is the root of all evil. I believe that is covetousness. I believe that is uh, all the things that are negative. I believe all murders and all these things come from a desire to meet your own needs according to the flesh, which is the love of money, and it's driven by mammon. You cannot serve two masters, God and mammon. Mammon is, the, is riches without the blessing and, and sorrow added to it. Does that make sense? When you're driven by mammon or the love of money, it is wealth and riches attained by your hand without the blessing. And what begins to happen with that is that means you step on people, you get what you want, you can all you get, and then you sit on that can, right? And you've got to recognize that God wants you to increase His way. Now, if we begin to understand this and we get past some stinking thinking in the body of Christ, we're supposed to increase, you know, there's a lot of very wealthy, and I'm talking 
billionaire people, uh, U.S. dollar billionaires, that they, they come to church and they only give like $500 or they only give a little tiny offering to churches because they just realize the church doesn't have a mindset for real increase, so they just give a little bit and leave. Because people don't know what to do with increase. The body of Christ doesn't know what to do with increase. I meet these people. I talk with these people. And they say, you know, and, and it's always a never-ending need instead of really realizing there's increase that should be happening in the body. So I'm going to pull this over. Brother, can you help me with the whiteboard over here? That'd be awesome. Praise God. We are going to have some good stuff this morning. Somebody say, I'm ready for some good steak. Thank you, sir. I appreciate this. Now, we're going to jump right into the Word of God, but I'm going to draw a quick picture for you today. And the Lord showed me something just some time ago, and uh, I'll just drop it for you very quickly here. Let's see what we can do. So let's say this represents the world, right? This represents the world, and the world is where we live, and we realize there's the natural, okay? And then there's the spirit. And I'm just going to do this very quickly. <clears throat> the Lord began to show me that there was a veil, Right? We realize that we see some of these things. It says we know in part, we prophesy in part. We see through a glass dimly some of these things in Corinthians teaches us. And we recognize you have to do natural actions to get a corresponding supernatural reaction. Okay? Listen to me. A lot of people think, well, if God wants me to increase, he'll just increase me. No. You have to do natural actions to get a corresponding supernatural reaction. Let me give you an example. We know in grace that we're the healed. We're healed in Jesus. We're born again. We're saved. We're healed. Your body is healed. Jesus made you whole upon his death, burial, and resurrection. He provided health and wholeness for your physical body. It says that, the, that literally the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal flesh. But why is it sometimes you get sick, supposedly, in the natural, and you don't see that, that, that supernatural response? Why does that not sometimes always manifest? It's because there's a prescription that is natural for us that the Bible says in James, call the elders of the church, lay hands on the sick, anoint them with oil, and they will recover. That's one way to do it. Or there's miraculous healing. Either way, it's often involving laying on of hands. What is the laying on of hands? It is a natural action that induces faith to create a supernatural reaction. When you have a supernatural reaction, that means that you're having a manifestation. So what you already possess in the spirit becomes manifested when you do the proper action in the natural. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 46. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 46 says that the spiritual is not first, but the natural is first. Everybody say the spiritual, the spiritual. is not first. not first. Now, a lot of people would say, my goodness, the spiritual is first. That's where God is. Wrong. God is there. It's amazing. How many of you know that the spiritual is the greater authority, though? You realize that? Do you know why the spiritual is the greater authority? Because the spiritual gave birth to the natural, not the other way around. The natural did not give birth to the spiritual, but the spirit, God spoke, and creation was made. The spirit, spiritual God, gave birth to the natural by speaking it out. And words is one of the ways we access the spirit. The world was created by words, and uh, God still uses words today to access the spirit, and the world responds to words today. So we recognize this. 
uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 46, the natural is actually first. Meaning, what you do in the natural goes into the spirit and induces a response. Now, we realize that works for healing. It works for salvation. You need to confess with your mouth. Speak into the natural, Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe with your heart, and you shall be saved, right? You're getting a supernatural reaction from the realm of the Spirit, beyond the veil. And faith is this area where we walk by faith and not by sight, and we go into the Spirit. Now, this works for giving and receiving and increase. God has all the increase you can handle in the realm of the Spirit. He has all the increase. And the only limitation in this veil is your mind or what you believe. If you've been taught, God, well, you can't have too much, that's where you stop. If you've been taught, you know, how much is too much? What's, you know, it's not right for a person to increase too much or wildly. I totally refute that. And I completely disagree. God will prosper you to the level of your believing, your giving, your hard working, and the level you can believe for increase and you see God, God will rise to that occasion. Third John, right? It says, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Soul is made up of your mind, will, and emotions. Your mind, what you can believe God for is the level of your prosperity. To whatever you can believe God for, whatever you can see him for, is what you do. So God challenged me in this. He showed me that over the earth, the world, there was a, uh, like a canopy. And it's filled with everything we need. Like wild, superfluous overflow. Pastor Tafara, I, I was in a hotel room in Washington State. I was praying, and the Lord spoke to me and said, if you go establish in Colorado Springs, Joseph, and this is years ago now, he said, I will bless you superfluously. And I said, what does superfluous mean, God? I had to go look it up. And it means unnecessarily. It means unnecessary. Meaning to the level you can believe God, he'll overflow your cup that you go, I, I, I don't even know what to do with all this. I got to give it away. I got to help people. I got to finance the gospel. When it says in Malachi 3 that he will pour out such a blessing, you will not have room enough to contain it. It's talking about the windows of heaven will open. Now we're going to talk about this and I want to get into it. I'm going to go quick this morning and then uh, in the second service I'll continue and try to do a recap. But I'm telling you right now, this is going to be powerful. So let's just take a quick look at this. Let's get into the Word of God. And uh, for the sake of time, we're going to go a little quick, but we are going to break some religion this morning. I like to go religious cow tipping. You know what I'm talking about? You know, cows, they, they sleep standing up. And that's a lot of religious people. Mm. They're sleeping and mooing in their dreams, mm, right? And you got to come up and just tip them over sometimes. That's what we do. Now, recognize this. Let's go to Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, this familiar scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. I'm going to give you a number of scriptures, and I want you to get this in your heart today. You may need to go back and listen to this teaching, because I'm going to give you a lot. I'm going to give you some very serious stake to sink your teeth into today. Deuteronomy 8, 18, it says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you, everybody say, power. power. Power to get wealth. That's talking about, hold your hand out like this, say, that's my power. 
God's given you the ability, the power to go get wealth, or we'll say for our purposes here, to make money, that he may establish his covenant. What is the purpose of your power to get wealth? To establish his covenant. That means this in the New Testament, to preach the gospel all over the world. That means we're wealthy for two reasons, and I'm going to show you this from the word of God. We're wealthy for two reasons. One, and primarily to get the gospel around the world, to finance the kingdom, to send out missionaries, to create digital missionaries and all that. You know, the Lord told me at the beginning of this year, he said, Joseph, I want you to change. I used to call my partners in my ministry, voice of God partners. And the Lord said, I want you to change that and call them increase partners. And this, this church, people that partner with Faith Hill, I just declare you are an increase partner with this ministry. I, anybody that, that sows into Pastor Tafar and Chipo's ministry, the mandate God's given them, I declare increase will come all over you, right? And the Lord said, do this. He said, because the next 10 is going to be the best 10. And, so, and God told me, start declaring over your partners, paid in full. Paid in full. It's paid in full. And so we begin to recognize that. Now, when we're looking at this, we recognize the, the prosperity of God or the power to get wealth is literally number one so he can establish his covenant. That means you and I are called to finance the gospel. And if we were all prospering to the level of our believing and our potential, the body of Christ would have no deficit and there'd be no lack among us. And even people that were having a hard time, the church would just finance them and take care of them. Right? The church, the government... The reason the governments do such a terrible job at taking care of people is because the church is not doing their job. That's where all these different corrupt systems come into place. Government finance is wonderful when it's in godly order, but you recognize the ultimate way we're supposed to do this is the church should be the number one financial superpower in the world. And religion comes along and says, you're not supposed to have that. Listen to me. Religion has stopped the church from a grassroots or a corporate anointing of increase. The problem we've had is we focus too much on the individual and not the corporate. When I say God wants to pour out this canopy of wealth on the world and, and be the number one financial superpower, it's because it means for the whole body of Christ, meaning everybody prospers to their hundredfold. And maybe that means you have a car and you're satisfied and you can give to whatever you want. Maybe it's just means that you have all you want and need and you're good, but now you have enough to give to whatever you want. That's prosperity. It's not about dollar amounts. It's about ability. Okay? Now, we recognize this. You come into this understanding that he may establish his covenant and you realize this. Let me give you another scripture very quickly, and I, I have so much I want to give you today. Deuteronomy 28 verse 2, it says, all these blessings shall come upon you. Deuteronomy 28 verse 2, Come upon you and overtake you. Amen. Overtake you. I stood out on my property one day. I walked outside. I read that verse. I started shouting. I actually heard Kenneth Copeland say it. I'm like, come on, Brother Copeland. And I walked outside and I started shouting, the blessing of the Lord overtakes me. And I started shouting it in my house. My kids were like, what are you doing, Dad? I said, be quiet. You're getting blessed. I said, this family's prosperous. I, I, I began to run around my property yelling, I'm a multimillionaire. Amen. And people are like, how can you say that? Well, just like I just did. <laughs> Praise God. And now you recognize, <laughs> that's how you say it. You just verbalize it and shout it. That's how you do it. It's amazing. It's like people that say, you have that nice car. How can you drive that? It's easy. You put the key in and turn it. and It's amazing. 
right? Now, praise God. We recognize this. <laughs> Horsepower. We realize that. Now, the blessing shall overtake us. I believe that the blessing of the Lord shall overtake Faith Hill. Do you know what it's like when the blessing overtakes you? It's like a predator hunting you down. You're like, I've given, and there it comes. I can't even get away from it. I start running, and it's like, rawr. You know, the blessing begins to chase you down. Pastor Tafar took me to the lion park. I got an idea of what the predators look like. He was like, I'm from here. I would never go there. <laughs> I was like, thank you, brother. And so, but you realize this. Now, let's, let's go beyond this. There's so much I want to give to you. There's two things, and I want to say this. I want to, I want to seal this thought for you. There's two reasons for the power to get wealth and biblical prosperity. Two reasons. One, to establish God's covenant in the earth. That's number one. Secondly, 1 Timothy 6 and 17, it talks about the rich, but it gives a tagline at the end of that verse, 1 Timothy 6, 17. It says, don't put your trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now listen, God gives you riches and richly all things to enjoy. So the blessing is for you to establish God's covenant and enjoy your life. People are like, I don't think a believer should have a yacht. Why not? Right? <laughs> Praise God. It's going to blow some of your minds. I owned a yacht some time ago. Got quiet in here. I, I, I did, and I, and I gave it. I traded it for land. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. People are like, hey, can preachers have that? Preachers can have whatever they believe for, as long as they don't take it from people. Amen? A lot of preachers that manipulate people. I'm not into manipulation. I'm into the blessing. And I challenge God in this. People say, have you ever heard the statement, you can't outgive God? People are like, yeah, you can't outgive God. But you know, most people never try. I decided one day to try. I was like, God, you said in Malachi 3. Now, religion is going to be like, oh, what? In Malachi chapter 3, it says, try me now in this. Come on, try me. God's like, come on, somebody, somebody, try me. Try me in this. Come on, give me your best shot. It's like God says, I'm a good dad. You watch what I do. You watch what I do. But the blessing is found in those that get into radical giving. Okay? So I got into radical giving. Heather and I had this savings account. We were saving up money and doing this. And the Lord came to me and said, son, um, I could use that. You don't have to, but I could use that today. And he said, I want you to preach wild, superfluous, overflowing prosperity. And I said, God, I am yours to command. And I emp we emptied out a bank account all the way to zero. And there was almost like I was, my hand was almost shaking as I was writing out in America the check, right? <laughs> and so I'm, <laughs> Tavares like, the, you, you got this country you come from, and you people still use checks? I was like, uh, don't judge me, you know? And so, so we, we, we did that, and literally I, I began to do that. And all of a sudden, after I did that, I was like, uh-oh, we just bottomed out. I'm like, Jesus, if you don't come through, we're going to start bouncing checks, Jesus. We're going to start having a bad day real fast. And all of a sudden, my ministry tripled. But listen, don't do that stuff unless you know God told you to, okay? Because some people write faith checks, and they're just hot checks, right? Don't do that, all right? Or giving, however you want to do that. Don't give what you don't have. Give what you do have and be in faith. If you're in fear and trepidation, oh, I can't do this, don't do it. 
okay? You do what God tells you to do. But I rose to the occasion. I said, God, how about we get past the silliness of it all and just sow wildly? I went and did that, and we, we, we dumped it, man. And so we went for it. And I got to tell you, my ministry has taken off since that time. And the Lord said, I need you to give more than you preach, Joseph. So a lot of preachers get up and they say, give, 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 but they don't do it. And that's wrong. And I think God does not like that. You know, praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I was, I was riding along with Andrew Womack one day. He's one of the biggest givers I know. Ashley Terrida is one of the biggest givers I know. Pastor Loss is one of the biggest givers I know. Pastor Tafara Chipo is one of the biggest givers I know. They're amazing. And I'm driving along with Andrew Womack one day, and come to find out, uh, we were just driving past someplace, and there was a woman whose husband had died, and Andrew's driving past. He's like, yep, yeah, one day I, God just told me to help her, so I bought her a new Cadillac. And, we, and nobody knows, and I was like, you are awesome. You know, I just, I like that kind of stuff. Now, I just want to tell you guys, God loves the generous. Now, there's a secret to this. You got to get past your carnality. And all the people, if, if you ask people for wisdom on this, they're going to shut you down. Don't do that. That's foolish. Use wisdom in your giving. Use wisdom. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together. It's a principle. And people say, never give to get. Why not? The Bible says to you. People are like, I never give to get. You're stupid. Everybody okay? The people in this church are not stupid, amen? We got a lot of good people in here. Pastor Tafar is like, Joseph. <laughs> but we recognize this, though, that if you give to get, it's because you believe God's economy more than you believe man's economy. People are like, I'm not in it for money. Well, then why do you go to work? You go to work not because some people love their job, praise God. Some people go to work because they're like, I want that paycheck. I want to get paid. Where's my money? Go to work for a month for free and just see how much that blesses you. I tell you what, God's got an economy that when you give and you sow, you shall reap. It will come back to you. It will come back to you. And even if there's a delay, there is not a denial. I draw so many pictures up here about the river of giving. God showed me in a vision one day how it works. That just because when you give, God speaks to someone else to bless you and they don't do it. Delay is not denial. He'll bypass them and find someone else because it says men shall give into your bosom, right? Now, we recognize this. Delay is not denial, and your blessing will work its way around a disobedient son or daughter, okay? Now, let's keep going. There's so much I want to get into here, and we have just a few minutes left, and we're going to get it done. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when we're looking at this, I love the understanding of some of these things. Let's talk about here Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60, if we could go there. There's so much I want to say to us this morning. But Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1, let's begin here. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Isaiah 60 and verse 1. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Verse 2, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Somebody say, his glory is upon me. Glory. Verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to your light. Everybody say, the Gentiles. the Gentiles. Now, we know what this meant in the Old Testament. We know what it meant in biblical speech. But we also realize this is talking about the believer and the unbeliever, okay, in representation. Kings to the brightness of your rising. Somebody say, kings. 
Verse 4 says, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar and your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Verse 5 says, and you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Now there's a lot we can say about this, but I want you to notice verse 3 says, the Gentiles shall come to your light. Your light. Now, why would the Gentiles come to you? Now, there's a supernatural light. There's the, the Holy Ghost on you. There's the power of God on you. There's gifts of the Spirit on you. But there's another thing that is like fishing lure for Gentiles or unbelievers. And that's called stuff. You want to get the world's attention? Drive a nice car. There's nothing worse than people, it says in, I think it's uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, where it talks about there was a poor wise man who saved a city, but he was not remembered because of his poverty. So he saved the city with his wisdom, but he was not remembered and nobody regarded him when he was done because he was poor. So he saved the city, saved the day, and then thanks, and they moved him along. Isn't that terrible? Now, I don't agree with that. I think that's terrible. But that is the way the world works. Now, if you're going to have increase and you're going to go forward, we've got to recognize something. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, very quickly. I want to show you something in the Word of God. We realize in Matthew chapter 6, uh, you begin to uh, understand there's a lot more to this picture than just here in uh, Isaiah 60. We realize in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about so clearly, well, I'll go there in my Bible here very quickly. It says in Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to jump over to it. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing like having marker on your hands while you're going forward. God's good. Now look at this, Matthew chapter 6. And we realize it says uh, so clearly, I'm looking for it in verse 33, we realize that. I'm just trying to find that verse before. But it says here in, in uh, verse 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But if you get a running start at that verse, in verse, uh, verse 31, it says, Do not worry. Everybody say, Don't worry. Don't worry. Be, happy. be happy. Right? Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? I'm in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Verse 32. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. Verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things shall be added unto you. Now look, what do the Gentiles seek? Things. What are the Gentiles coming to in Isaiah 60? Your light. And I believe part of your light is things. Now, we don't, we're not driven by things. That's not the primary focus. That's not what it's about. But if you seek first the kingdom, in other words, let's couple this up with where it says so clearly, it says in Deuteronomy 8 that we are to establish his covenant in the world, right? He's given us the power to get wealth that we might establish his covenant in the world. That's the paramount thing. That's where you seek first the kingdom, his covenant, his mission. And then secondly, he gives you all th things to richly enjoy. Things, things. So you should seek first the kingdom, then things are added unto you, and then guess what? The byproduct is the Gentiles come to your light. 
They come to your things. They don't come to you just because you're so nice. You may get one or two people that say, boy, I just feel good when I'm around you. You're a nice person. That's the Holy Ghost. But if you want to really go fishing for the world and get them attracted to what's going on, you need to have lure. My friend Todd White says this. They say, why do you got those dreadlocks all the way down to here? He's like, this is fishing lure, man. He walks around, he's like, yeah, Jesus. He's got these toe shoes, you know, and he's wild man, you know. And people look at him, and they, but people love Todd. They want to be around him, and he, he scares people. He scares religion, you know, but it's fishing lure. But I'm telling you, your things, your prosperity in the tangible natural is fishing lure. It brings people to your life, and it's for you to enjoy. People say, oh, I don't really care about this stuff. I just do it because it brings people to Jesus. Whatever. Praise God. That's not true. Every one of you is designed to enjoy things. And religion says you, you shouldn't do that. Now, if you idolize things or if you put things above Jesus, obviously a blind prophet could tell you that's wrong. Right? Anybody with a lick of discernment knows that's wrong. But when you begin to recognize that God's actually given you an anointing to enjoy things, the reason that you enjoy things is because you're like him. God made this earth, and I think he was very pleased watching the animals and things. You think about, well, we're not called to waste things. We're not called to have too much. Let me ask you a question. When God blew the universe into the expanse, he created the vast expanse, stars that are bigger than our galaxy out there. What was the purpose of that? People are like, we've got to conserve fossil fuels, and we've got to do all these things. You know how much gas a star burns? Out there in the universe, just right now, I mean, one cubic inch, you know, or whatever you'd call that here, centimeters or whatever, well, one cubic whatever out there in the universe burning in a star burns up more energy than probably a whole city. What a waste. And why is that? I think it's because God's like, I like that. It's like art to him. What a wasteful God. No, it's for his pleasure. Some of you need to collect some fine art. Some of you need to start enjoying things. You need to start seeing yourself in a new car. It's not about the stuff that gives you value. It's your value in the Lord that brings you stuff. And, and we know how to abound or abase. I'll tell you what, if I lost everything today, I'd be a happy camper. I'd be happy. Some of you, you're struggling. You can barely make ends meet. And you can still prosper in your soul. Money is not the level of your prosperity. Money is a byproduct, a fruit of your prosperity, but fruit turns into loot. And you can begin to increase that way. And God wants you to increase. And the number one way you begin to increase is through wild, radical sowing and reaping. People say, I do the 10%. Heather and I, we never consider our tithe. We give as our heart leads us, and we give way above our tithe. There's sometimes we give 100%. We do. We just go nuts with it. And, and Heather and I have an agreement. I think I've told you this story before. But Heather, I told her, we have an agreement that if we want to sow, we sow, and we don't even ask each other's permission. We both have total permission to empty our entire bank account at any time. And people say, well, that's because you, you're blessed. You, you got stuff. Man, I'll tell you what. There's times we've done it. We didn't have nothing. Praise God. 
and we were in a Creflo Dollar meeting one time, Dr. Dollar's preaching, and Heather, uh, I, I was like, man, all of a sudden I'm sitting in the meeting, Pastor Far, I'm watching Creflo go for it, and he's shouting out, there's an anointing in this place for billionaire status, billionaire status. I'm like, ooh, Mufasa, that's me, yeah. right? And he's doing this, and he's going on about it, right? And all of a sudden I'm thinking, we need to give, because you know, in Creflo's meetings, people run up and throw money on the stage. And uh, we weren't at his church, we were at a guest church, and all of a sudden, we're in a balcony, and I'm thinking, we need to go throw money on the stage. I, I feel the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, Heather, and she's gone. <laughs> she was gone. I was like, ah, she heard faster than I did. But she got bold, man. She ran down to the front, walked up, had a, had a, a check in her hand, and she went up there. She came to the, the, the stairs of, his, of the, the platform, and he's at the podium preaching, and Creflo's bringing it, right? He's going after Dr. Dollar. And people are like, I don't like that prosperity stuff. Well, then stay broke. Amen. And, so, and they're coming there, and she starts walking up the, the stairs, getting to the top of the stairs, and, and literally, she put the check on his podium while he's preaching. And I was like, what are you doing? what are you doing woman and all of a sudden I looked around you know the security guys are there and they're looking and I was like oh honey they're gonna take you down you're going down but anyway it was a good deal and so we recognize some of these things that God has called us to do that now let me jump into this just a little bit uh, more here because I believe this is very very important God wants you to increase more than you do he needs you to increase he needs you to walk in wild overflowing supernatural abundance now there's a number of things I could talk about I could talk to you about Mark chapter 10 for anyone that's given up houses lands mothers and brothers you get as hundred times as much in this life okay now pastor taught me something about that that that's actually exponential it's not just 100 times. But I have a word on this myself personally. Personally. When I was a kid, and I, I don't know how to give the measurement for this here, but when I was a kid, I grew up on several hundred acres of property, a very large piece of property in the United States. And I had to walk away from it to serve Jesus. I had to completely walk away. And I began, and the Lord showed me in the scripture, he said, a lot of people don't claim this stuff. And the Lord showed me to start believing for a multiplier on that of several thousand acres of property to begin to preach the gospel and bring the word of God around the world. Now, let me talk to you about this one more time. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. And we're, we're getting close to our time here today, but Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. It says so clearly, the blessing. Everybody say the blessing. blessing. Say, I'm blessed. Amen. The Lord has blessed me. Amen. Say, I'm blessed. With believing Abraham, the blessing of the Lord came through Abraham, came through Jesus, and to you. It says that, that Abraham's seed, there's not many seeds, but one seed. Jesus Christ is the, the definite article, the seed of Abraham, and the blessing resides on him. And because we're in Christ, we receive that same blessing. So all the increase that's on Abraham is on us. But many people go, oh, I don't believe that. Well, that's why you don't experience it. You don't, if, if you don't give like it, you're not experiencing it. And it's in proportion to what you have, what's in your heart. It's not about amounts, you guys. And a lot of people get lost in this. They're like, you need to be a millionaire. Well, some people are never going to be a millionaire. They need to be what they're called to be or what their heart allows them to be, and that's prosperity. It's not about numbers. It's about obedience, and it's about assignment and what you can believe God for. And it says here, the blessing of the Lord makes. I like this. Notice it says in Deuteronomy 8, it says that, that God's given you the power to get. You have the power to get. Meaning God's empowered you to go get something. 
But God gave me a revelation on this, a very clear word, that it's not just about what you go get. A lot of people, they stop with, God gave me power to go get wealth, so I'm going to go get it. And that's great. That's great. But there's a higher way to walk. And this is where God's economy is. And if we had more time, I'd really go down this road today. But let me say this to you very clearly. There's a higher way to walk than just the blessing of the Lord. Or excuse me, uh, it is the blessing of the Lord, but there's a higher way to walk than just the power to get. The power to get is one way. And that's actually the, the number one way. But then the highest way to walk in God's economy is the blessing of the Lord that makes It makes. It means if you don't have money to pay your taxes, the fish coughs it up for you. It means if you need to eat in the wilderness, manna comes down. If you need to have a miracle dinner, the five loaves and two fishes. And there's another understanding with this. And people say, well, what is five loaves and two fishes? Notice that was an offering, and it's all this stuff. Let me give you that. Because the blessing works on your radical obedience. And let me tie this in here very quickly. Do you know the five loaves and two fishes scripture is not the first time that's mentioned? Mark chapter 6 talks about the five loaves and two fish. But the first time the law first mentioned, this type of offering turned into a miracle happened in 2 Kings chapter 4. In 2 Kings chapter 4, this is the, the story I've titled the Baal Shalisha offering. You ever heard of the Baal Shalisha offering? The Baal Shalisha? Listen to this. 2 Kings 4, 42. Because the wealth of the wicked is what? Stored up for the righteous. The Baal Shalisha. Baal was the area of ungodliness. But it also happened to be the area where things uh, prospered first in the, the region. There was a famine going on. And Elisha had just done miracles. And all of a sudden, 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 42 says, Then a man came from Baal Shalisha and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits. He took the wealth of the wicked and brought it to the area in the, the people of God's need. Okay? 20 loaves of barley, newly ripened grain in his knapsack, and he said, give it to the people that he may eat. Verse 43, but his servant said, what shall I set before 100 men? And he said, give it to the people that they may eat. Thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. Verse 44, they ate and had some left over according to the word of the Lord. It was the same kind of multiplication Jesus did with the five loaves and two fish. But notice it came from a man who was working in the regions of the ungodly. And it's where the fruit grew first. He took the first fruits, the wealth of the wicked, brought it to the man of God, to the righteous, and multiplied a miracle for the people. Now, I've got to tell you, that's the blessing. And the blessing makes what is rich. It makes riches with no sorrow added to it. The world system can make you rich with sorrow, with competition, with sadness, filled with mammon, envy, and striving. But when you have the blessing of the Lord, it will multiply you and make you rich with no sorrow added to it. Let's start walking in the supernatural. Let's give radically. Let's see God open the eyes of our understanding and begin to step into this supernatural realm of wild, superfluous overflow. The blessing makes us rich and there is no sorrow added to it. Let's be made rich by God's economy today. Amen, and thank you so much, Pastor Tafara. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. <laughs>